1: 97.1 FM Talk Podcast.
2: We got Sue's news coming up here in just a couple of minutes. The Attorney General of Missouri, Andrew Bailey. I don't say it that way, but politicians Good. say it that, that way. drives me nuts. I know. I I, I kind of do it to mock the people. It was always fun for Senator Blunt said Missouri quite a bit, and a lot of politicians go to different parts of the state. And if they're in St. Louis, they'll say Missouri, and then they go to a you know different part of the state, field, state and state they'll Missouri. say Missouri. But um, yeah, Andrew Bailey, the Attorney General, weigh in on the Supreme Court arguments today and a bunch of other stuff as well there was you know we have uh, jay ashcroft coming up he's running for governor he's secretary of state he was there at the supreme court arguments but there were these protests in jeff city a couple of nights ago that got very daunting it was um uh, a situation where the secretary of state and other people some other lawmakers were trying to get in to a hearing and were basically uh i don't know if attacked is the right word but they they certainly Locked. were harassed blocked yeah what and- were
3: they pro- don't tell me palestine Yeah,
2: of course. Of course. Sorry, I didn't make that clear. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. So this is troubling, Sue, and I I think you'll agree. And and it's one of those things that you kind of want to pull your hair out over because. There doesn't seem to be anything being offered from City Hall here in St. Louis. So here's the story. When I first saw this this morning, I saw the headline. I thought, well, this is a news story. It's actually not a news story. It's from 2021, but it's reflective of what's still happening. The headline is this. St. Louis police took 25 minutes to show up to scene after a man killed woman, two kids. So they they tell the story of Kenesha Hempel. And um, they talk about what happened February 4th, 2021. So this is, you know, several years ago to the sound of crying and gunshots beneath them in Kenesha Hempel's first four flat in South St. Louis. They immediately thought of Hempel and her two young daughters and called 911. Basically, it was her neighbors that were worried. There are children in the house, they said to the dispatcher. Minutes tick by tick, tick, tick. Twenty five minutes. We don't have to enough show police. up. So that ha- – well, and it's the 911 understaffing uh-huh. as well. So what they point out in this story – by the way, the guy who did this, they found him eventually 100 miles away from here in Ohio. He was convicted just yesterday of three counts of first-degree murder for shooting his ex-girlfriend and the two kids inside that flat on Grand Avenue. But the reason the, – the Post highlighted this, our local paper, for a couple of different reasons because, you know, there are family members that still say – you know, the husband here, Lloyd Frost, says – we're talking 25 minutes, no cops, and all I could do is watch him walk off into the distance, and this guy gets 100 miles away. And You know, you can't really blame the officers that are assigned to that district. This is a broader issue about not having enough cops. And by the way, if we match up the numbers, we'll talk about this on the round table tomorrow. I bet Jane will have a good compare and contrast. Those officer numbers are likely lower than. Right now than they were three years Correct. ago. In fact, I don't know how they wouldn't be.
3: That was right in the heart of the defund the police era, was it not? Uh, pretty much, yeah. because it
2: was. Well, I'd have to think because it was before. Was George Floyd 2020 or 2021? I don't remember. I, don't I think it was 2020, right? Because we were just coming out of um, out of COVID. I better cross-check that. We got this thing now called Google. I don't know if you've ever heard it, heard about it, but it helps the talk show host when he doesn't know what he's talking about. To, you know, twenty twenty. There you go. So you did it faster than me. So yeah, that that was um, after that. It was. Mm-hmm. It was absolutely in the aftermath yes. of all that. So uh, hopefully, but here here's my point on that. I was going to make a broader point. I'm not very smart. I'm not someone you would consider a leader, right? But even someone like me could say this is a serious problem for. Our citizens in St. Louis, black, white, I don't care what Damn. color, everyone has the same issue here if we can't get cops to respond in an emergency. So if I'm the mayor, I hold a news conference, I say, this is unacceptable. Yes. I get people in a room. We're going to solve this. How do we solve this? Instead, we have a mayor that wants to talk about reparations I know. and you know, putting money away from the Ram Settlement for that. We have, What are you this, doing? How, how, I don't understand. I mean, I'll be honest, politically, How could someone sit back and advise this mayor, yeah, you know, that's an issue you should ignore and not jump on top of, right? I don't know how it happened with Lida Crewson, with crime. I mean, she was mayor when Mm -hmm. some of this stuff was happening years ago, and she was so embarrassingly wimpy, especially considering her own husband was murdered. It makes no sense. And she didn't have the courage to stand up to the uh, BLM types and the anti-police types. So that's stunning. And again... It's like Groundhog Day because we never come up with solutions to these problems. We'll talk about it on the roundtable tomorrow afternoon at 3. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment?
0: We're not going to comment. It's not
3: clear messaging. No, 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 no.
4: And now, Sue's News, sponsored by Mr. Appliance, speedy expert service, Mister com.
3: Hey, did you see the story today that Mexico now imports more goods to the U.S. than China? You saw that Fred? I did, yeah. This is the first time in about twenty years, and the US Commerce Department released the figures yesterday showing that the import value of goods from Mexico are up by five percent to over four hundred seventy-five billion dollars. Chinese goods value was down by twenty percent to two no to four hundred twenty-seven billion. Now, it was uh, President Trump who put import tariffs on Chinese goods. That was back in 2018. But that's something that Biden did not mess with. And so Mexico has taken the lead. That is interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. Over China. Now, Fred gave me this story. I love it so much. Okay. They have released the design of the 2024 Olympic medals today. Have you seen them? I have not. I think Mr.
2: Google is going to get a call again.
3: (laughs) medals from the paris olympics will contain chunks from the eiffel tower at the center of each medal will be a hexagon shaped piece that was taken off the tower during renovations over the years and the eiffel tower okay i didn't know this either the eiffel tower is made entirely of a special type of iron known as puddle iron and it, the, it's made in Lorraine, France. They remove the excess carbon, and that's what they call puddling, from the iron ore. And it makes a really pure, extremely strong material. And that is what the Eiffel Tower is made of. I never knew that. Uh, I got to say, I, I like the way they look. I do, say right, They're, they're kind of cool. cool. Okay. Yeah. And this isn't just for gold. It's gold, silver, and bronze. So if you win... An Olympic medal at Paris, you get a piece of the Eiffel Tower. Hey, did
2: we ever fix this whole issue? This seems to come up every Olympics. But you know how if you win an Olympic medal, you get taxed on that. Like, Do you some, really? It, it's ridiculous. But there were efforts in Congress to fix that, maybe even on a statewide basis, to Ooh. say, wait a second. Because I think that as someone who has... a fair amount of money confiscated from my paycheck every year that gets apparently shipped to Ukraine. Um, that would be something I would favor. Let's not tax the Olympic athletes for their medals. In a nutshell, this is what Google says. Prizes
3: are taxable at their fair market value so by winning an Olympic medal, you are potentially subject to tax on the value of it. But there it, were some legislative efforts to fix that. I just can't remember if, yeah, they, if can't they ever either. did it. Well, I don't know if they've done that, but that would make sense. Alright, the Madden NFL video game has made its Annual Super Bowl prediction. Now, I, I didn't realize this was a thing, but they do it based on a simulation. And they say the Chiefs will beat the 49ers 30 to 28. And the Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes will be named MVP. It's worth mentioning, though, that Madden has been wrong the last three years. <laughs> Uh-oh. I, see, I was going to say, I don't know if I like that, because
2: I like the Chiefs being a little bit of um, you know, an underdog, and I think they're motivated by that. So anything that is picking the Chiefs, and you know, this this whole thing, really, it is kind of amazing. You know, um, Isaiah Pacheco, who is the running back currently for the Chiefs, he was picked like 251st in the draft, and Brock Purdy, who is the quarterback for the 49ers, last in Whoa. the draft. So even just those storylines are kind of amazing. That is pretty cool.
3: Uh, so either they'll make it a fourth or error or they'll break the streak. By the way, the Super Bowl uh, starts at 530, if you were wondering. I'm sure that's all the pregame game that goes on for 10 years. The kickoff's right I,
2: around 5:30. Yeah, is yeah. it?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's it's it used wa- to be like like around 5:20, but this year I think they said like 5:38. Oh, well, they right. have to do
2: the Black National Anthem and the National Anthem, Fred. That might be part of the reason. Oh, yeah. we got to carve out time for everyone. I wow. saw I saw the Indian animals. National Anthem. Why don't we just do the Chinese National Anthem while we're at it? <laughs> I think I saw the um,
0: some animals at the Kansas City Zoo
2: made their choice. And oh, what they, they say?
0: They picked the Chiefs.
3: I, they oh, did the face. Is this good yeah, or they bad? Put, they
0: put food out. You know, <laughs> food in one area. <laughs> if you want the Chiefs, food <laughs> in the other area. And they went to the
2: Chiefs' food.
0: Okay, well we'll so see. So that sums it up. I think Ma- the
2: fix might have been in there. You think?
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Madden agrees with the zoo, so is that good? I don't know. By the way, ooh, I forgot to mention this. The Olympics uh, start on July 26th. If you're a person who loves to watch them, and I can't I am, wait. Yeah. me too. I love, love, love that. You know, the
2: only the only challenge becomes, and we'll we'll have to deal with this on the show, is the time difference, and you know, not spoiling things because we'll all want to. I mean, if we're you're watching, right. You're right. The coverage at night, it'll be two in the morning three in the morning in france so it will all have been completed when we're on the air in the afternoon a lot of stuff will be happening that's true that's true
3: uh one day after the announcement of the new streaming service with disney fox and warner brothers discovery espn announced its own upcoming standalone streaming did you hear this one today i did this is interesting uh this platform will be quote much more immersive for the sports fan than the bundle it will apparently have things like uh, integrated betting fantasy and probably shopping on some form. And this is all uh, according to Disney CEO Bob Iger. This should be out in August of 2025.
2: You know, it's interesting. when We talked about what happened yesterday with uh, Warner and this combo deal that yeah. you just referred to. The, the leagues had no idea. They were blindsided by that because they didn't want any details to leak out, so they presented it to the leagues when everyone else sort of knew about it. Well, I don't know how that's going to work out. But all of this, this is interesting to me, because you know who took a stand against what happened? Fubo. Remember how I was kind of comparing Fubo and... You know, what, I have both Fubo because I can watch ballet sports. But, yeah, because they carry some of these properties. And a lot of this has to do with the bankruptcy stuff, too, because we know the other part of this is it could go to Amazon. The, the Cardinals and the Blues could go to Amazon Prime because of some of the bankruptcy stuff. Who so. in
3: the world could keep track you of can't. all that? You can't. You just simply it's, can't. It's just impossible. It is. Uh, I wanted to throw this in. Paul Rudd will narrate a documentary called The Secrets of the Octopus. It premieres uh, April 21st on National Geographic Channel. Then it'll go to Disney Plus and Hulu. But they do Secrets of dot dot dot, and uh, Secrets of the Octopus is coming out next.
2: All right. Can I just give a a side note here to our discussion on the Olympics? Our friend Jean Evans, who was in the uh, legislature in Jeff City, said that she had a bill to eliminate. See, I remember some of this. She had a bill to eliminate the state income tax on Olympic medals. And remember, Fred, what they did? That's what it was. They attached it. It passed, but they attached it to the gas tax deal. Which was one of the reasons I opposed that whole gas tax (laughs) deal at the time because they, you know, mumbled and jumbled it up. But anyway, so she did have a plan for that. Well, thanks, Gene. That's a good idea. But, but uh, well,
3: sadly, Nebraska will be getting rid of its highly entertaining tourism slogan, Nebraska. Honestly, it's not for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. Is that really? Yes. That was their slogan. And apparently, they've had it for five years. Which Which I like the honesty I, I just, there. I do, too. And, and it worked. A um, the, the survey of tourists in the target market for Nebraska showed interest rising from 19% in 2019 to 39% more recently. But apparently the governor doesn't like it and says, I'm not really a fan. But uh, he's not understanding the genius of the self-deprecating, I don't know, I think it's great. Right. But uh, the governor said uh, he's not a fan. He called it nonsense and urged a new slogan. But come on. Big, big, big tourist destination though, in Nebraska? No, that's no. what I mean, but if it's up, let it be. One
2: time, the only time I've been through Nebraska, I drove through on my way from Milwaukee to Durango, Colorado going elk hunting in the uh, early 2000s. How and was it for you? Well, Nebraska was torturous because here's what I remember about Nebraska. It never ended. I think we were in Nebraska for like 37 <laughs> hours. And the only thing that was on the radio was high school football, like in the Ooh. middle of Nebraska. There's nothing well, they in got the middle of Well, they got nothing else. It's
3: right. sport. They got nothing else. Nebraska moved up to become the forty-first state people were interested in visiting, up from fiftieth, which oh, was there you dead go. last. Hey,
2: and now he's getting rid of it. You go, Nebraska. That's which, right. I have heard this. Uh, I've heard Omaha's rather nice. yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. They have a good zoo and well, you know, it's sad Warren that Buffett and all.
3: The the, uh, the uh, governor doesn't like it, and goodbye to the best state slogan ever, Nebraska. Honestly, it's not for everyone. I do love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sue's News is brought to you by Mr. Appliance. Speedy, expert service. They really are great. Go to MisterAppliance.com. Finally, in Sue's News, we have today's random fact. Since the Super Bowl's coming up, I thought I'd mention this one. In the Canadian Football League's championship game, they give out an MVP award, which is normal, but they give out a second award called the Most Valuable Canadian For the best player in the game who's actually from Canada. Because apparently
2: most of them are not. And that's it for Sue's News. We should do that in hockey. Oh, (laughs) no kidding. We should flip the script on that for sure. Thank you, Sue. We'll Mm -hmm. do it once again on Friday afternoon. We have a roundtable at the 3 o'clock hour. Jane's going to hang out in uh, the 4 o'clock hour with Sue's News. Paul Hall in entertainment. Kusumano. Little sports Super Bowl preview. That's all tomorrow afternoon. Andrew Bailey, the Attorney General of Missouri, weighing in on a couple of different things, including the Supreme Court hearing today on keeping Trump off the ballot in Colorado. That's coming up next. We really need
0: new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New
3: iPhone 15s?
0: (laughs) Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch.
1: Wow,
2: what a day before the supreme court and then the uh, special counsel report on joe biden in the classified documents we covered that earlier as well but let's uh hear from former president trump on the supreme court case
4: Uh, i thought the presentation today was a very good one i think it was well received i hope it was well received you have millions of people that are out there wanting to vote and they happen to want to vote for me or the republican party or whatever you want to however you want to phrase it but I'm the one running and we are leading in every poll. We're leading in the uh, local polls, in the state polls, and we're
2: leading in the swing state polls, and we're leading very big in the national polls. I do love it how Trump, he loves the polls right now, right? Hated the polls four years ago, loves the polls. The polls are great. But that, that's what happens in politics. But this was really interesting this morning. And, you know, I told Fred um, when, when we were listening to the arguments I was communicating with him, I said this earlier, at first I thought, wow, this is not going to be a nine to nothing And then as you listen to the tone of the questioning, it became clear that I think most of the justices had issues with what Colorado did. The Missouri attorney general is Andrew Bailey, and he's with us this afternoon to react to this and some other things. Andrew, how are you this afternoon? Hey, Mark, doing well. Appreciate you having me on. I know you're busy doing things in your own office, but were you able to listen? Uh, It's always fascinating to kind of eavesdrop on the Supreme court. You've been in that room before, but this was kind of fascinating today.
4: Yeah, it was fascinating. This is a monumental case. Look, all right. interesting uh point to make here. I've studied the 14th Amendment at Missoula under Professor Josh Holly. So I was uh, well trained <laughs> in 14th Amendment jurisprudence I love and that. Uh, I'll tell you that that uh you know section 3 of the 14th Amendment was about keeping former Confederate officers and Confederate politicians out of Congress. It had nothing to do with uh President Trump being on the ballot in 2024. And so uh, clearly Anyone who's read the history of of that the text of that amendment would understand that Uh, Colorado again. Bent the, the, bent the law to try to attack a political opponent. And it's, it's shameful. It undermines the rule of law and the credibility of their court system, but that's what they wanted to do, to attack President Trump, because they hate President Trump, but it's not going to work. Uh, Trump's going to prevail at the Supreme Court. And I, the, Based on what I heard from the questioning from the justices, uh, I think Trump prevails. Yeah, well, I and think
2: overwhelmingly prevails. In, in your opinion, knowing what you do about the 14th Amendment, does a lot of it, because there was a lot of discussion today about what is an insurrection, and, you know, even a simple... Person person who did not study under Senator Hawley or anyone else at Mizzou, I can say you you can call anyone an insurrectionist. You can even say what happened that day was an insurrection. I think that's somewhat questionable. But the fact of the matter is, is that there's no, ben, no no you know charge of being an insurrectionist. There's no conviction. So it's just someone's opinion, like the attorney general of Colorado, for example, or the secretary of state. So that on its face seems like such a waste of time, Andrew.
4: Well, that's right. And it deprives President Trump of due process. If if someone can just arbitrarily say that was an insurrection without any, any factual finding, without any notice or opportunity to be heard, uh, that, that de- deprives him of due process. It deprives the rest of us of due process. I thought the clip you played from President Trump was really telling, and it, it's, it's true. I mean, look, there are millions and millions of people that want to go vote for President Trump. You're depriving them of their right to vote if, if you're keeping him off the ballot for a subjective determination based on an arbitrary reasoning that's, that, that, that does not comport with the original understanding of the text of that amendment.
2: Do you One thing I haven't heard discussed in the aftermath of these arguments, um, and I've been on the radio here for a couple hours, so I don't know. Do you have any idea on the timetable for ruling here? Because at one point somebody said, well, maybe they don't rule until June on this like some of the other cases that come before the court. But wouldn't this be something they would want to decide a lot quicker than that?
4: I think you're absolutely right, Mark. I think this is something they're going to have to do a lot more quickly because the integrity of our election process depends on it. And uh, there are, there are inter reliance interests uh, that are be, you know built around this decision. And those those interests need to need to coalesce, uh, you know, well before an election. So they've got to get this one out more quickly. Um, I do think that this will be on an expedited timeline. Yes, it's true. Uh, most cases that are heard this term uh, will trickle out between now and June with the majority of them coming out uh, in June. And certainly we've seen that in previous terms, of the, the United States Supreme Court. This court uh, prefers to release uh, high profile cases in June. But I think everyone understands this one's different. And the same was true in Bush v. Gore. Right. I mean, uh, when you've got election issues like that and they're on specific timelines, uh, the justices know they need to move more quickly.
2: So did you see the special counsel report on Joe Biden in the classified documents? Have you seen any of that today?
4: Oh, Mark. Oh, my God. Wow. Have I right? ever. Yes, I mean, unbelievable. It, well, c- you know, color me shocked. I mean, two two things here. Number one, uh, clearly President Biden mishandled uh, classified information. Now, they charged Donald Trump with that crime, uh, but they're not going to charge Joe Biden with that crime. And it, it goes back to the same thing with Hillary Clinton, where she's out there taking a sledgehammer to her cell phones because she was illegally handling classified materials, and everybody knew it, and yet because it's Hillary Clinton, because she's got a D next her name, nothing happens. And the same thing is true here of Joe Biden, but what's even more scary, and again, I don't know why I'm surprised by this, but that Biden doesn't even remember uh, recent events in his life, like when his son passed away or when he served as vice president of the United States of America, it's like, his own uh, age and infirmity is, is like the perfect legal defense. Like you can't charge him with the crime. He, he's not responsible for anything because he has no idea what he's doing.
2: It's pretty, it's pretty serious. It really is. And, you know, I've said several times in the past week, I don't like to make fun of someone that's going through this. It was kind of like when John Fetterman was in his mood, you know, mode after the stroke where he couldn't get words out. You did not want to make fun of him, but it was seriously, you know, an issue in this case. This is not getting better and it's getting worse. And we know he's not doing the Super Bowl interview for good reason. So I, I don't know what Andrew, how does he last until November? I think that's a legitimate question.
4: I don't think he can. I, I, I really don't think he can. I think America's in a really dangerous position. I think the rest of the world knows it. You think China doesn't see what's going on here? I mean, certainly Putin did. Certainly uh, the Hamas terrorists did. Uh, that would have never happened under President Trump's watch. We had w- largely world peace because he was using, willing to use strength and flex international muscle to, to prevent bad guys from doing bad things. And yet everyone knows that Uh, Joe Biden's gum and oatmeal in the in the White House and can't remember his own last name. So, I mean, this is scary. And and you're right. You know, know, excuse me for being flippant. You don't want to make fun of President uh, Biden. But at the end of the day, we're the ones that are going to pay the price and innocent lives will be lost in the process.
2: You know, I, I was, Sue, you'll, you'll find this interesting. When I was exchanging some messages with Fred Andrew earlier today, I, I listened to all these arguments and, you know, kind of juxtapose some of the things that were happening with the president as well. And I've played some of the audio in the past few days of him stumbling. And then I heard Trump come out and, you know, I played that bite. But he was very sharp today. And I said to Fred Andrew, I said, do, this is my text. Do you think if he lives that long that Biden really debates Trump in the fall? I mean, it would be a disaster for Dems. I'm just comparing what I see with Trump right now on the air and what we seen from you know Biden. It seems so stark. Fred had a great analogy. I have to give you know credit here. He said it's like a new Sharpie versus a faded out flare, mm. and and it really is. But of course, you got the whole country and the world on you know on the line here with this leadership, and we're seeing absolutely an abandonment of that with what's happening at the border, Andrew. And you continue to kind of stay on top of that, don't you?
4: Yeah. And Fred, Fred's a smart man. And you're right. That's a great example. But I'll tell you, uh, what's going on at our southern border is, is nothing short of an invasion. Uh, the, President Biden has ceded our national autonomy, our national sovereignty uh, to uh, the criminal aliens and, to the, and control of the border to the cartels. Look, President Trump used the laws that were on the books to reduce border crossings by more than 90 percent. The tools exist today to get the job done. Biden just refuses to do it. On day one, he hold, held an open sign uh, at the southern border, and we've all paid the, the price for it. Missouri is less safe because of our open southern border. Let me give you some numbers to put this in context. More than 1,500 deaths from fentanyl exposure in one year. More than forty—excuse uh, me, 43 innocent children who died in one year in the state of Missouri from accidental fentanyl exposure poisoning. There's been more than 1,100 cases of reported human trafficking through our state, making Missouri now the fourth worst state in our nation for human trafficking. These harms are directly attributable to President Biden's refusal to secure our southern border. We filed three lawsuits at the attorney general's office to put a stop to it. One of them is to prevent him from using rulemaking authority to essentially create a new visa program out of whole cloth. The other lawsuit is to stop him from using the parole process to let in large swaths of illegal criminal aliens instead of making individualized case-by-case determinations, which the statute requires. And the third and most important uh, requires him to finish building the border wall that Congress appropriated money for. The text of the law could not be more clear. He is commanded by Congress to erect new border barrier systems, period, and the money was appropriated for that purpose. If he can get away with just defying congressional commands and not spending the money that Congress has ordered him to spend, then Congress's power of the person and lawmaking authority ceases to mean anything. So he's got to get a handle on this. We're going to use the lawsuits to force his hand to shut down that southern border and to start doing his job and stop making uh, Missouri communities less safe as a result.
2: Is there an update? You know, I'm going to ask this question because I saw a piece and I didn't even have a chance to read the whole thing. But in Real Clear, on uh, Real Clear Politics today, on the section that's called Real Clear World, they have a bunch of different sections. Michael Ellis wrote a piece about the the suit, and I think it started with Eric when Eric Schmidt was the AG suing the Chinese government over COVID. Are there is there movement yeah. on that particular? That that's actually happening, and people scoffed that that was ridiculous. I think he was even mocked by what? our local paper, right?
4: yeah that's right Uh, yeah of course they they sneer at that sort of thing but somebody's got to hold china accountable for unleashing this plague upon the rest of the world and all the damage and destruction they did we went to court on that suit we took it to actually it was uh, one of my first uh, things i did when i was in office uh, back in january of 2023 is we went to the eighth circuit court of appeals and argued to get that suit reinstated and we won that suit is still going because of the argument we made in the eighth circuit court of appeals we 're going to hold China accountable for unleashing this plague on the rest of the world and then from withholding necessary PPE that was essential to our response to the the pandemic so uh, proud of the work that my office has done to make sure that case continues to move forward and at the end of the day. If uh, the Chinese government has assets in the state of Missouri, it is possible that we would be able to seize those assets and convert them in order to find restitution for the people of this state.
2: Andrew Bailey, the Missouri Attorney General, is with us. So we're, I'm jealous because I want Riley Gaines on my radio show, but I know you hang out. You hung out with her last week. Yesterday was National Women in Sports Day. She's absolutely with Paul Scanlon and some of the others, a hero in some of this stuff dealing with uh, with trans athletes and in trying to save women is what she's doing right now, Andrew. So tell me about Riley. She came in the other day.
4: She did. Yeah, she was there in St. Louis. We had her up uh, over at our office at at the the old post office there in downtown St. Louis and got to spend some time with her and listen to uh, some of the incredible stories she has about her experience dealing with this issue. You know, someone who has seen firsthand the harms of how allowing males to compete in female sports essentially destroys uh, the autonomy of female sports and and, and allowing those uh, male athletes into female locker rooms is an incredibly intrusive invasion into uh, these females private places. And so uh, proud of, uh, of my partnership with Riley Gaines and her uh, heroism and, and, and being able to tackle this issue and be such a strong, passionate voice in favor of putting an end to this craziness. Um, we, uh, we ended up having a press conference and talking about some of the work. That we're doing here in the state of Missouri, not only our investigation into the transgender clinic that was mutilating children there in St. Louis, but our defense of that statute, our ongoing investigation in the clinic, and also our uh, lawsuit against the Wentzville School District that tried to uh, promulgate uh, a policy that would allow uh, kids to use uh, the, the restrooms of the opposite gender and without ever telling the parents about it. And again, that is unlawful behavior. We filed suit and are winning on that suit. Uh Riley was excited to hear about that work, and we're just excited yeah. to be able to partner with her, certainly someone who's been such a prominent voice on this issue.
2: And you probably noticed, look, in the last five days, Friday in the New York Times and on the free press yesterday, another person who came forward to say what's happening with these, you know, so-called experts in the trans, you know, movement is absolutely outrageous. And, and these are people that have been in the trenches doing some of this stuff, and they're embarrassed by it right now.
4: Yeah, that's right. You were you seeing... National media figures, national health figures essentially acknowledging that there was never any health or science to back up these procedures and that children were permanently harmed in, you know, sacrificed on, on the altar of woke experimentation and when there were adults in the room that should have been protecting them. And instead they were harmed because of this crazy woke ideology and there was never any medicine or science to back it's it up. Hey, outrageous. Mark, how about this? I mean, how about the fact that Missouri led on this issue? I mean, isn't that – Missouri is now leading on issues like this. Missouri needs to be the safest state in the nation for children. I'm committed to that. That was my pledge to the, Missouri, the people of this state when I took office in January of last year, and we immediately went to work on this transgender issue, and we delivered real wins. For, the, for women, for children, and for the people of this state yeah, and I have led nationally great.
2: on this issue. It's important. And, you know, because of the whistleblower report, I think we are a bit ground zero on that. Andrew, always great to have you on. You're going to the Chiefs game. The governor says it's part of his responsibility to be in Las Vegas, and I support that. How about you? <laughs> Hey, I support him doing that. I'm going to be at home watching it with my kids. Enjoy. We'll see you. Take take care. Thank you, Andrew. Thanks, Mark. We've talked a lot about that Supreme Court hearing today, and Jay Ashcroft, who's the Secretary of State, was in the the room when they were hearing those arguments. He's going to join us after 5 o'clock, and it sort of ties in with what we're going to talk about right now, Sue. I didn't touch on this yesterday. I heard a lot about it. We were so jammed up. You had a bunch of pro-Palestinian protesters who were demonstrating in a um, rather questionable way, I will say, outside this event in Jeff City that was sponsored by APAC, That's the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee. And from the folks that I talked to, I think it was rather daunting. And Jen Bukowski is with us. She is an attorney in the Columbia, Missouri area. She does a little conservative talk radio there as well. And Jen, you were at this when all this happened the other
5: night? I was, Mark. It was quite a gauntlet that I had to walk to get into this event, let me tell you.
2: Yeah, so what happened? Because, you know, a couple things that I've heard about this. One, maybe the police didn't do enough at the time, and I think there was an arrest in association with this in in the end, but that it was a little scary for some people.
5: It certainly was. This is in a a somewhat small building, catty corner across the street from the Capitol, like a two-story small building, and it was surrounded on three sides by well over 100 protesters, Around, across the front, and I've been to many events at uh, this particular venue, but they had a banner across the whole front saying, event closed due to complicity in genocide. They had bullhorns. They had cameras. So as I'm trying to go through the front door, I'm unable to go to, through it, so I asked the police officer how I enter. Yeah. I had to walk all the way around to the back, so I had to go back past two other sides of these people using a bullhorn to call me the B word and <laughs> chant at me. Uh, saying I'm a baby killer, that I'm complicit in genocide. One one woman said she loved my Coke, but she hated that I was uh, pro genocide. Well, you so. did get a
2: fashion compliment. Nice. Though, though. You yes. got to yeah. take that as a win so, sometimes.
5: Yeah, I, I took that win. And uh, then they, they had a thing saying, I pack out of Missouri, white supremacists. And so it was kind of an exciting uh, entrance into this event. I had to go all the way around to the alley up to the back door. But luckily, I was able to get through without being accosted. Jay Ashcroft and uh, former state legislator Ron Hicks were both grabbed by protesters who were arrested. Um, But they were quite angry. And then throughout the entire event, they had their drums and their bullhorns, and they were as loud as they could be and as disruptive as they could be throughout the two-hour event. When the speaker was giving his remarks from IPEC, they started banging on the door as if to break it down, and security was responding as if they were going to come in in a violent manner. So it was quite the exciting night in Jefferson City for a Monday. Do you agree that the cops may not
2: have done enough in Jeff City or, or not?
5: I think that they were responsive and on it when they saw someone being touched. Yeah, They immediately responded, and I think that kept people safe. Uh, they were respectful of the First Amendment rights of these misinformed people individuals who were all masked up by the way you know and i don't think it's because of fear of covid but uh or maybe it is who knows what is going through their minds but i've never usually told that i'm covered in blood figuratively and walked by another banner that purports to be names of children that have been killed in gaza and of course that's a heartbreaking situation i'm not pro any children dying but i am pro israel so i was willing to go through that gauntlet to attend the ipec event but i'll tell you what it was daunting, and I bet some people didn't attend the event because of the intimidation factor of surrounding the entire building like that. And I heard that the governor was supposed to attend the event, but his security deemed the situation too volatile. Well, probably a good for decision. To yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
2: So this part of this was because you had the Israeli consul general who was there speaking to a joint session of the General Assembly, and you had all these protesters there. But here's what they said, so you find this interesting. The. Um, members of the pro-Palestinian group Mid-Missouri Fellowship of Reconciliation said that Missouri's relationship with Israel is a partnership that's enabled and underwritten Israel's apartheid Jim Crow-style treatment of the Palestinian people. Jen, wouldn't you love to ask some of those people just some questions, and I bet they don't really know much about the conflict overall anyway, right?
5: Yeah. I mean, from the river to the sea is what they're chanting. You're basically calling for the elimination of Israel entirely and the Jewish people would have to go the way of the Jewish people in all the surrounding countries, meaning that none would live there. Uh, it's uh, it's misinformed, and they're trying to say that Israel is doing this apartheid. They gave you a state that you could have built into a Singapore, built into something beautiful and prosperous with that real estate that you had. Instead, you used every dime you could to um, for terrorism and to shoot rockets at Israel, not build infrastructure and. Uh, make a country for yourselves
2: yeah it uh, again some of this stuff is just crazy and we're seeing it on college campuses and beyond jen bukowski hey thanks for the update and we're going to get a little bit more from secretary ashcroft when he comes down after the top of the hour thanks for having me mark right, yeah take care it's five uh, i'm sorry four fifty three I, I i've heard in there's uh, pictures of Jay Ashcroft when he was basically being accosted, and I think there were hands that were put on him, so he'll have something to say about that coming up. Also in the next hour, after the Secretary of State, Peter Zane will be here, who, and I'm sure Peter's going to have a lot to say about what happened today, but he wrote a piece about some of the stuff that's happening in the country related to Trump, what's uh, entitled Trump is not the cause of the chaos, but... Everything gets outdated right away, Sue. I'm telling you, all the guests today, you set them up yesterday right. to talk about one thing. And so much has changed today that we're going to talk about that. And if you missed the show at the beginning of the hour, we covered all of this. couple of big stories. One, the Supreme Court hearing today on the uh, eligibility of Trump to be on the ballot in Colorado and beyond. And just to summarize that, it did not go well for Colorado today. I think most uh, legal observers, even some on the left, think that that is going to be overwhelming in favor of, um, you know, letting not, a not candidate having, run. Yeah, not having yeah. states interfere and in keeping candidates off the ballot. So that's one thing. Then you have the special counsel report that came out on Biden today, not on Trump, but on Biden's alleged mishandling of classified documents, to which the special counsel found basically, yeah, he mishandled spe- you know documents, shouldn't have done this, but he's a feeble old man and he shouldn't be prosecuted because of that, but some of the things that they laid out about the president's memory, not remembering when he was vice president, not remembering things about his son, That was pretty uh, impactful, and we'll see how much the legacy media, the New York Times, the Washington Post, delves into that aspect of the story. Uh, Third hour, coming up.
1: Get more at 971talk.com.